I feel shy. You feel shy with me in the car? Yeah. Or well, me I on the podcast? On the, on the podcast. Today's the day. It is the day. Hello, my friends. I'm here with my husband. Jim Budnick is my husband. I'm going to edit that out. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting on the beach with my husband in our truck, his truck, watching the waves. We came to our daughter's little college town because today's her first game. We can't watch it, but we came to take her to lunch and wish her luck before we left. And we decided we would record the podcast today. So my husband took me to this little romantic spot on the beach. And here we are. I'm excited. It's been a long time coming. I know. When I first started, I was like, honey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And you were like, hell no. Here we are. Might be the start of something bigger. Never know. We'll see. We will see. Maybe the only time I'm ever on a podcast. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> um. So we, I on Instagram, I asked all of our friends and podcast followers like and ask us anything so we have some questions we're gonna do for that and then we'll see where it takes us but before we start that the people want to know our story so i'll tell the beginning of the story and then you can answer the question of when did you know you wanted to be more than friends okay and then we'll go from there. Gotcha. So the beginning of the story is I met my husband in a cult. <laughs> yes, we did. And I was 18 and you were 20, 21. 21. And so this was in Spokane, Washington. I was from Phoenix, Arizona. And Jim was from the west side of Washington. From Olympia. From, from Olympia, Maple Valley area. Those are two very different areas. Two different areas. areas, but both areas. You grew up in both places. Yep. So, we went to a little um, church in Spokane that had a Christian discipleship school, was what they called it. And over the years, it very... Have you been clicking your pen that whole time? Oh, good. It very clearly became a cult. Um, but... We met Labor Day weekend in 1995. Yep. We are almost to Labor Day weekend right now, aren't we? Or is it Memorial? I never know. Labor Day. I don't know. But anyway, it's been, what is that? 30, 95 to now. You're the math whiz. 26 years. 26 years. In a couple of weeks, it will be 26 years since we first met. I've known you longer now than I lived before. Than I you were you. alive before me. Yeah. We've been married almost as long as I've been alive. I mean, Whoa. before you. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. 18 years, and yeah. I was 18. I have known you half my life. That's precious. 
I've been married to you half my life. Yep. No. Mm-hmm. Wait. Let's edit this part out, too. No. It just shows how much I don't know math. You've known me for 25 years, or 26 years. I've known you for 26 years. I've been married to you for 18 years. And I met you when I was 18. So make whatever kind of cool things that We've you want to You've been married for that. half your life. No, because I'm older than 36. Let's forget it. I, when we get to the question that says, um, how do you handle the hard stuff? This is it. Just forget it. Let's just all stop right. talking all about right, it. We're all done. We're all done. <laughs> and we answered the question of who the boss is. So. <laughs> all of the questions have now been answered by this stupid conversation. <laughs> Anyway, we met at this church cult, and I was coming just out of high school. I had had a pretty rough life, (laughs) and I was just coming out of uh, two years of college after high school. I was on taking a break. You're trying to get your life in order. Supposedly, I was also trying to figure out my life. And we met and we just became friends. Absolutely. Good friends. Yeah. And it was a year of a lot of good things and a lot of hell. And then you moved on and moved to Othello with a couple of our classmates from that school. And you lived there for the next six or seven years. I think it was six years. Six. And I stayed in Spokane for the most part. I went home for a very short time, but then I came back and stayed in Spokane and worked at the church cult Mm -hmm. as an intern for the next six or seven years. And we stayed kind of in contact off and on. Saw each other, what, probably two, three times a year? Yeah, a few times a year. Mm -hmm. And always reconnected at different things and we're buddies at one point during that time i thought i was going to move back home when things started falling apart in the cult i thought i was going to move back home and then one day i got this call from my friend jim who was like hey i heard you might be moving home and it was totally out of the blue and weird and i was like well yeah I don't know. Did you even say, like, is that a good idea? Or what did you say? Yeah, I just asked you if, if that was the best decision. And yeah. Why, why, you why was I doing it? Yeah. yeah. And so I can't say it was strictly because of that conversation, but it might have had something to do with it. I decided not to move back home and I stayed in Spokane. And it wasn't long after that that you came down to Othello. It was a little while after that. A couple years? Because I started courting somebody else. And that's cult talk for, like, prearranged marriage, basically. Um, no, but I started courting this fella that I really didn't know at all. And it just didn't work out with us. We didn't have chemistry. During this time was when you, the question was asked when I first knew that I liked my wife, Kelly... As more than a friend. As more than a friend was during that time. Eh, it was probably even a little bit before that. Okay. I, had, I had liked her for quite some time. So, was it when you heard I was moving? 
that you were like, oh, oh yeah, I like part this girl. of it. Part of it. Yeah. Did you like me before that? I like the. When per- did I like you the- want to jump my bones? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, probably was during the first twelve months at some point. Oh, honey, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. That was not allowed. I know. Um, no, it was probably right around that time. It was more out of concern for you, but I'm a I'm a type of person that wants to see everybody put themselves in the best situation to succeed, and so I think that was part of the call. But part of it, I think, it was that I had liked you, and it wasn't much after that that. I had made it known. I mean, when I started courting the other fella. What year was that? Shit, I don't know, man. It was like. It was after. Had the leaders like two, left. Two thousand. Yeah, like ninety nine, two thousand ish. I don't know. So, that little courtship lasted for a short time, but during that time, a funny thing happened, and. We were at a conference while I was courting that fella, and I realized shortly, like, during that time, I was like, oh, this is not going to work for me. Like, I don't have the kind of feelings that one has to end up marrying someone. And I was in a real state about it. And one night, I was walking through the hotel, because we all stayed in the same hotel, during this conference thing that we all did. I was walking through the hotel and you were sitting in the lobby and I came and I plopped down next to you and I was like, save me from (laughs) myself. I don't know what I was thinking, but literally just as a friend, like I, Mm -hmm. I sadly never had feelings for you until I had feelings for you of Mm -hmm. the romantic variety. Um, but anyway, that was kind of funny. And you said that that night you were like, Oh, I might have a shot here. I was coolly putting the friends on for a few years. Yes, I was. I'm sorry, love. I didn't, I just, here's the, and I, and I even made it known at some point. Okay. So here's the deal at this time of our life, our circles in the Venn diagram of life, our circles overlapped a good 75%. My best friends were married to your best friends. How many weddings were we in together? We were in, what, three or four weddings where the couples put us together, walking down the aisle together. Yep. There was a lot of bullshittery happening. And all of our friends, at one point, we were at a retreat. Um, and our friends, you, you like... Made it known that you were going to ask me to court, or this that you right intended. You were getting ready to court the second guy. I wasn't courting any second guy. That you was were the rumor. To. I wasn't, and I will. I you was were courting speak. whore. I was a courting whore. I was all <laughs> kinds of whores, according to people. But I'm going to publicly speak to that supposed second courtship in a moment, and it will be news to you. Um, no, <laughs> not news to you. So anyway. During that retreat, you told some of our best friends that you were thinking of, like, making the move. And they came and told me. And I was in agony. This whole adult retreat, please tell them no. Tell them not to. This is, this, no. Just tell them it is not a good thing. And they said, you should wait or whatever. But here's what the problem was. You lived in Othello, Washington, which is still to this day the butthole 
excuse me, the butthole of Washington. Besides Yakima. Well, I don't know. And I lived in Spokane, which is like the taint of Washington. It's not much better, but it wasn't the butthole. <laughs> and I was, an ab- I mean, the deal was if you married someone, I was going to move to Old Fellow and live my life there. And that was not going to happen. So. You made that now. That was my drawback. If that were not part of the picture, things might have changed years before. Now, I'm going to speak to the the other courtship situation. There was this guy that I was friends with. We were great friends. He was a sweetheart, still is, has a beautiful, wonderful family and life. Mm-hmm. But in we were basically the last two single people in our whole life. I, I was the most eligible bachelor in, in your our chur- own mind. In our church fellowship. In our church point. fellowship, sure, but you lived in Othello, so that didn't count. In our church in Spokane, he and I were like the last two single people. It felt like all of our circle of friends were all married or doing whatever, and we were the last two. And so all of our friends were like, oh, you, you should be with this person. You should be with this person. And it was like this just a bunch of fuckery and I've talked about this before I didn't even know what real feelings felt like and very shortly before you and I ended up together he and I had a conversation of like yeah I'm not like we're not into each other kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and like two weeks later then you met me I met you for the first time for the first time we were at a mutual friend's wedding we were both sitting... Okay, and by this time, I am not kidding you, there had been like 30 weddings of people that we knew in our age. It was just a shit show of weddings. And I was sitting in the balcony because I was like, I'm not going to go to one more fucking wedding. I'm over this. I just want to move on with my life. And I look over and you were sitting under... Like there was a light shining upon you from the balcony overhead lights. (laughs) And I just kind of giggled and was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. And then after that wedding, I went up to you and I was like, (laughs) the whore that I was. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing after this? And you were like, I don't know. I guess we're doing something. (laughs) I was like, we should go grab dinner or drink or something. And we met up later that night with a group of friends. And the rest is history. We won't discuss it. Perfect. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I did kiss you that night. You did? We were both a little bit tipsy. A little bit. But... We, I was drunk, but we got up the next morning and went to church and I, you were sitting in the balcony and I was not. And I just, it was like a two hour long walk of shame with you you sitting up in the balcony and me sitting there going, what the fuck am I doing? Because as silly as all of this sounds, it was not done in those days. You don't do it that way. Yeah. Oh. And then we met down at Arby's. And then we met at Arby's, and I was like, I don't know what to do. This is crazy. I don't, I, I, you're really sweet and wonderful, and this is not what I thought my life was going to look like. And I don't know what to do. And you were like, well, 
think it over and let me know. And you gave me a hug in the Arby's parking lot. And as you were driving away, I was like, I can't let that man go. What the fuck is wrong with me? I had, I had told you, think during that time too, that I would move out of Othello. No, I don't. I'm I don't know sure. if you told me like right then that you would move out of Othello. Maybe. I'm pretty sure that was part of at our Arby's. I'm pretty sure that was part of our conversation. That was part of your sticking point. That was your. That only was my point. only sticking point. Yeah. I was not going to move to that. And I wasn't living the rest of my life in Othello, so it didn't really. Matter. That's true. You, yes, and and that had become known before that wedding, even yep. that you were looking to get out of there. Because yep. as crazy as the church cult was in Spokane, it might have been even crazier in Othello. I don't know. So. But it was, it took all of that to, for you to finally see the light, literally. Shining, shining upon you. Yep, exactly. What a wonderful day. It was a good day. Um, so, during all of that time, do you have like a marked moment that you knew? As we're going through the story, the, the, at adult camp, when that whole interaction would happen, where I made my intentions known, because that was the first time I had made my intentions really known to anybody for anybody. And I'm, and mind you, I'm like 28 at this time, 27, 28. Yeah, at least 26. So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is a, this is a decision I'm making. And then when I was told no, I was pretty sure that was the point where I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing. Yes. I'm not doing ushering. I'm not doing soundboard. You were done I'm not with the doing cult life. Group. I'm all done. I'm done. The I've, done I've done all this. I've looked around and I'm not going to continue doing this. And so that was when I made some choices. I made some choices to kind of branch out and do okay. some stuff outside of church. Yeah, but that does not answer the question that everybody needs to well, know. Well, obviously that was it because it was that, that life altering. No. When you first knew that you liked me as more than a friend. Within the six months leading up to adult camp. Probably, I would think. Okay, so that would have been probably like a good three years before we were together. So I waited for three years, yeah. You're a, you're a... I think it was only a couple years. A honestly. couple of years. Yeah, I think it was two years. Yeah. Careful! Don't make sounds in the microphone. Sorry, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> Bossy. Well, I think so, we could probably ask some of our friends when you first knew, and they would be able to answer. Sure. Uh, ironically enough, the person that asked this question is probably the person that knows the answer. We shall ask her on the next podcast episode because she is my other co-host, Nicole Allen. It was her. It was her that asked. Well, she would know because she was on the inside, so. I know. We're going to have to confirm when Nicole gets back from vacation. All right. What question do you want to do next? Let's go. We already touched on it, but who's the boss? Who's the boss in our relationship and in our family? I think that's two different questions. Who's the boss in our relationship? Who's the boss in our family? Well, I would say there's no one boss. We each have our own things that we feel strongly about. Yep. I'm definitely the more type A. Absolutely. As evidenced by how much I'm talking on this episode. But you are the more when you care about something 
that's the way it's going to be unless I like have very strong feelings opposite it and then we have to work together to find the right yeah I don't think there is a boss in our relationship is the answer to the question I think it's very collaborative it's very much every main decision in our marriage and in our life is done together yes um yeah there's no boss and then when it comes to the kids it's more like lines of defense (laughs) she's the first line and I'm the backup so that's true. So we we tag team that, and we definitely raised our kids a little bit different than most, but it's all gonna it's all turning out just fine. We've got some good kids, man. So. Sure is. Um, I'm the boss. Okay, so in some practical ways, like I make most of the practical decisions in our household. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're not, you don't care. Nope. And you like, you're a little bit spoiled. You you built a wonderful life for me, and I don't have anything any. You know my ins and outs and my the things that I like, and everything's done that way. And I don't really ever have to ask. So yeah, it's been it's, and I know that probably comes across a little bit weird, but the reality is, is it's very simple for both of us. I think. I mean, maybe it's harder. Well, that's a fucking lot of work. No, I'm (laughs) kidding. It's, um, I, I take care of you because you take such good care of us. And so I, when you're at home, I like that to be a, I like that to be a haven for you. So I make decisions keeping in mind what I, what I know will make you feel appreciated. And I feel like you do the same in every other part of life. Agreed. And I think that we have. Let's be clear about this. We've grown into oh, yeah. this. This has not always been this way. and oh. But I think there's something to be said about just open communication. And when you're disappointed or when you're angry, I think that we've done a good job of just always communicating. Um, I think that leads into the second, the other question, yes. how do you handle the hard stuff? And the, th- the way we handle every hard, every hard thing in our life is... We, there is no other choice but then to pull together yes. and to not shut down and not get over emotional and to have a conversation about what's going on in front of us so that we can handle it the best way possible. I mean, I think that's, yes. I think that's kind of, and again, that's been grown into, but that's been a thread in our marriage since the very, very beginning. Yeah. And I think it's had to, because we going back to the cult days getting married there was we had to go through some hoops to get to where we even to get married and in order for those hoops to go through i couldn't go through the hoop alone and you couldn't go through the hoop alone we had to go through it together and so yeah um i think it made us pull together and then the other thing is is when we moved away from everyone and we're alone away from family Mm -hmm. it makes you figure things out i mean and i think yeah. Conversation. If, if you don't have conversation, it's not going to work. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here today if we didn't have conversation. So, yes. I mean, the willingness to have those, the hard conversations. So, yes. And there hasn't been many of those throughout our marriage, but there's been times. So, um, we have had, so I would say in our early marriage, um, well, the first hard thing after we were actually married was probably my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through depress. I 
when Jim and I got married, so this was kind of the, the progression of my life. I went from living in a home, um, a Christian home with very, um, strict rules, but then (laughs) my parents just gave up on having strict rules on me and were just like, well, you know, you're on your own kid. Um, so, but I was definitely, my life was pretty controlled in, in a realistic point of view. Mm -hmm. And so then I left there, I moved straight to Spokane where I lived with a house family and was immersed in control, um, in every way, shape or form. For how many years? For seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. And then when I left there, it was to be a wife and it was, we got married and then I moved. I never lived on my own. I never explored life as an adult on my own. And I was 25. Um, so when we moved in together, it was, I did not know how to do life as an adult. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to do anything like practically I did, but emotionally I was a wreck. I, I was, I didn't even like to leave the apartment to go to the grocery store alone. I was a wreck and pregnant. And then after we had the baby a few months later, postpartum depression, depression, all of the things. And so that was probably our first hard time. And on the opposite side, I'm from a Christian family, a somewhat controlled situation also. But similar to Kel, my mom and dad had had kids when I was in my late teen, late high school years and um I was kind of left to kind of do what I needed to do and but I lived by myself for three years before I went into the church so I had a little bit more better grasp on Mm -hmm. things well and even your time in Old Fellow you always lived with roommates but it wasn't in a family environment for the most part and we got to do our what we yeah it was somewhat controlled but we we definitely got to you know pay bill do all the stuff we did in normal life yeah So how would you say we overcame those first hurdles? Because it's a blur to me. How did you deal with that? Well, I think it's, well, it just goes back to what my whole goal in life was at that point. It was to be a good husband and be a good dad. That was it. I I don't have any um, grandiose dreams of being a firefighter or being a doctor or a lawyer. Like that, I just wanted to provide a stable place for my wife and for my kids, and so it didn't matter what I had to go through during those times. We were going to do it together, and I mean, much like I think I probably had that attitude most of my life. I mean, yeah, um, you're very much take care of the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. Support and care for. Absolutely. So that was kind of what I mean. It didn't matter. I mean, I my. The other stress of that time was was money and work and all that stuff and going through all of that. But I think we got through it by, again, pulling together and not letting each other be alone, not not leaving each other to their own thoughts and things going on in your head. And then, honestly, me pressing into you during that time, me saying, hey, how are you? What's going on? What's going through your head? And the answer to that will... 99 times out of 100 was, I don't know. Yeah. And so, but You being okay. willing to let me talk through until I really did know my feelings. Absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest things that has carried us through hard times is at, I can't think of many hard times where 
both of us were weak at the same time. One of us always steps up and carries the weight until the other one can. And during that time, you definitely were shouldering the weight of our life in every way. And after Elle was born, then again after Jordan was born, because those were really tough times for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there were times when you were working 16-hour days and I was shouldering the weight of everything else in life. And I would say that would be the next hard time for us. The only time in our marriage that I've ever thought we are not going to make it was when you were working 12 to 16-hour days. And I was home with two littles, and we just were not connected in any way. And how did we break out of that? (sighs) (laughs) Well, it was one day where we we sat down and talked, and and this would be a it was a we are not okay. Mm -hmm. Ellie was Ellie was at your mom's, and I came down to work to I don't know what I think we were going to go out to dinner and try to figure out and I literally thought there is a very solid chance that by the end of this night we are going to have decided to get a divorce and we were going to go out to dinner and I don't know for some reason you called your mom and asked if she could just keep Elle overnight mm-hmm. and we rented a hotel room Yep. had Rasha's sex we did and figured it out. <laughs> but but here's the deal. The the key to that whole situation was I think the situation of divorce or any of that was much bigger in your head yes. than it was oh, in my Oh, for head. sure. And them all I was doing doing during that time is putting my head down the best way I knew possible yes. to be able to provide for my family with a brand new house. Brand new vehicles. Oh, God. Trying to make sure we were going to be able to get this, have the money to live the lifestyle that I wanted to give my family. And I did not ever think about my wife's feelings during that time or how she was feeling of being alone. And she made, you made the, the step of coming down to work and sitting down in front of me and telling me how you were feeling. And yeah. every time we've ever hit a hard time one of us has come to the other and said this is something that we have to deal with yeah and i'm going to tell you right now i mean that was a pivotal pivotal day but at the same time you weren't going i wouldn't let you go anywhere no i would have wasn't that i I would have yes it wasn't that i wanted to leave we were just at a place where I felt so disconnected from you that I thought you wanted me to leave. Yeah. Like it, and yeah. it was really just life was happening and yep. we were m- like missing the boat with one another. Yeah. And I mean, shit, it had probably been a couple of weeks of feeling like that. I mean, it was not maybe a month. Yeah. It wasn't this ongoing thing, but I think when we got married, we both are children of divorced parents. Yep. And, and we both knew that that was not an option because of our own personal feelings about it. The hurt that it caused us. Yeah, and, it, and that's not to say that we think divorce is not okay. That yep. just wasn't an option for us. Absolutely. And, and that's not saying that we are committed to live as roommates to avoid divorce. What that means to us is that we are going to have 
the hard conversations and make the hard changes, whatever they have to be, to stay committed to one another, to stay in love, and to stay... Um, yeah. And and listen, I mean, let's just be practical here. I mean, if something happens 20 years down the road and we need to sit down in front of one another and yeah. say this isn't working, I mean, the, I... But it would be on both of us having that conversation. Yes. It would not be you leaving or me leaving. I mean, that's just the way our Are you opening the door to saying divorce is possible in I'm 20 years? No. <laughs> I'm not. No. But it's, I mean, that's all. That's the key to all. Everything that we've done is just yeah. pressing into one another. So. so we handle the hard stuff by just. Gritting it out. Gritting it out. That's exactly what I was going to say. And sometimes that's at the cost of every other relationship in our lives. Like outside at some point that has happened. But never, ever, ever have we grown apart through the hard things. We grow together. Yeah, and I think that even friends at times have expressed, people that we've known our whole, since adult adult, adult life has have felt pushed away by us during at times and I think I'm not I can't say I'm sorry for that because my my family always comes first the health of my family always comes first and um, if that's the way that we're wired as a couple to be to succeed that's the way it's going to be and so yeah but with that said we've found better balance since then yes. way better balance and yeah. so but I think that's that 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 started a, probably a what a eighteen month. I mean, the hardest time of our life that day may have been very hard, but then the hardest time of our life was losing a job and losing oh, everything. God. And we had that conversation, and within months, yep. probably, yep. that we both worked in the mortgage industry in different ways. But within months, the mortgage industry crashed. Yep. We lost our home. All. Basically, all of our possessions, vehicles, <laughs> um, and if if we hadn't have reconnected when we did, or like made yep. that commitment to one another when we did, yep. that probably could oh, have man. destroyed us. Absolutely, but it did not. Oh, we here, bitches. That's right. Almost at nineteen years. Try it. Um, okay, that was a long answer, and that was probably our best relationship advice. Yeah. I actually, I will, I will add to that that all that is good relationship advice. Somebody asked, "What's our best relationship advice?" Um, my the thing that I think we do that really helps us in our relationship is give each other room to grow, to not hold each other in a box. But let each other have our weaknesses and let each other work through our own weaknesses and encourage one. I mean, we're there for one another, but I accept your weaknesses because I know you accept mine Mm -hmm. and, and like just personal things, not things that affect our family or mm-hmm. each other, but yeah. just the things that are like the little things. Yeah. The little, or, or just knowing like you are on a journey to, and I, I think we can do that because both of us are so committed to continue to grow as our own person. Yes. But 
my advice is, well, number one, find someone who's committed to continue to grow as a person, um, and, and never wants to stop growing. But if you have that person, give them space to grow in their way. Don't demand that they fit inside your box. Absolutely. And then the other, the, the, probably the best bit of relationship advice I can give is the moment that I started view, trying to view stuff from your side and thinking about what you were going through on a daily basis yeah. allowed me to be able to respond correctly with the correct res- support. And, uh, whether that be time with the kids, whether that giving you time by yourself, whether yeah. that be exploring a passion of you, of yours, whatever, go to work, start a business, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, it's all nothing's ever off the table with us. We don't not, nothing's ne- no, you're not doing that. We don't we don't talk oh, to each no. other that way, and I think that that's there's no it goes back to there's no boss. It's collaborative. That's true. So yeah. Uh, okay. What's next? What do we do for fun? Oh, this is supposed to be the easy question. And those were supposed to be the hard ones, but this is harder than. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, because we have had so many years of like fighting for our children's lives <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. We're super good at the hard stuff. We're not great at the easy fun stuff. Oh, I think I think we're good. At but it. we're getting better. A couple things we do for fun. One of the things is is we, uh, whether there be a particular restaurant or a waterfront venue like we're at right now, or a fish and chips place, uh, we try to at least once a week. Especially now in yes. this time of our life, we try to at least once a week get up, get two, three, four hours together, and yeah, we definitely go on dates. And it's not, and it's not a like. Well, we need to talk about this or talk about that. No. It is just time together. And Dreaming. Yep. Or sitting in silence sometimes. Yep. It's not all. Sometimes it's get up on a Saturday morning, grab a Starbucks in the drive through and drive around for a couple, drive around for an hour and go to Costco and go home. Yep. Or whatever. It's it's not always like a big elaborate thing, but that is fun. Like we love driving in the car together because mm-hmm. it's we always have great conversation in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to go to the waterfront together because it's peaceful for both of us. I think. And I think the the probably the number one thing we Kelly and I do for fun is just get time together alone. Yes. I think that's the. That's the biggest thing is just getting, whether that be after the kids go to bed at night when they're younger or now when Jordan heads up at nine o'clock and he's going to go get on the Xbox for an hour or so, we get that time together. Yeah, watch a show. Yeah. And so. Um, Our newest development is riding mopeds on the beach, which we will. I will continue to do you can join me if you want i thought you were going to say the newest development was the tv in our bedroom yeah we need to talk about that (laughs) it has been 18 years that we have had a solid commitment of not having a tv in the bedroom because for whatever we were taught that was the right thing to do i don't know but we have not jim did not want a tv in the bedroom i didn't um but we just put a tv in our bedroom a couple nights ago 
and we go lay in bed and watch a show. Jim falls asleep. Then I turn it off, and we save the rest of it for the next night. (laughs) (laughs) Takes us about, oh, it's going to take us about a week to get through a movie, but it's okay. It's fine. You're tired. You work hard. (laughs) Um... What else do we do? I love this stage in life. One of the questions was, you know, do you enjoy, are you enjoying this stage in life? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. How do you feel about this stage of your life? I'm, uh, I'm 47 and like you guys know, we just took our first kid to college and she's playing volleyball. Um, I have a sophomore, we have a sophomore son, um, in high school and, I couldn't, I love this time of my life. Mm-hmm. It gives us a little bit more time for each other, a little bit more time for ourselves alone. Yes. For the first time in 18 years, I think this year is probably the first time that I've spent any significant amount of time on any hobby. Yeah. Alone, away from you. And, and, and you or you're coming up with stuff and doing stuff on your own too. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the next challenge is just finding stuff for ourselves that fulfill us that dude, I do not feel like that's a challenge at all. The challenge for me is like, continue raising Jordan. Uh Don't just leave him to himself (laughs) (laughs) because partially probably because our young adult years were not spent like having fun. Yep. And then our, and then we were married and then we immediately had a baby a few months later, yep. and we did not get married because I was knocked up. I just want everybody to we know. We were engaged before she was... Thanks. Anyway. Um, knocked up. Knocked up. Um, but we have never really either... Well, you had those couple of years after you graduated before MC, but we haven't ever really had a lot of time as adults to pursue our own things. And you have reignited your love for golf mm-hmm. um, and are pursuing those dreams. You are in a very talented golfer and were as a young person and could have probably been a professional golfer. And so now, 20 years later, you have the time finally and we have a little bit of extra money so that you can pursue that and at least just enjoy yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Which I love, and I, for you, I love that. Me too. And and you always talk about how you're so grateful that, you know, I don't have a problem with you doing that. But I just, I'm so grateful that we're at this stage of our life. Our kids don't need us very much. Nope. And when Jordan starts driving, they're really not going to need us. Mm-hmm. But it's... I think it probably means more to us than it does some people because we haven't ever really been able to be selfish as adults. Agreed. And be selfish in a way of like just doing stuff that we want to do. And I love this stage of, and we've always said when it was going to be all about the kids until we were 50 or you were 50 because you're so much older than me. Um, (laughs) But then after that, it it would get to be about us again. Yeah. And I'm super stoked for that. Yeah. I'm going to become a sailor. I'm going to sail like Bob. Like Bob. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a, it's a great time of life. I, we've, I feel like we, you know, 
as you get older, you stop caring what other people think, I think. Oh, hallelujah. And so, you, there's no shame in saying, hey, I like to do this, and this is what I'm going to do, and uh, and you go and do, go enjoy your time. And so, it's, uh, it's And I like that this stage of our marriage is... Um, <laughs> like we don't always need to be together. Like we love to be together when we are together, mm-hmm. but there is no problem with like, I have my room that I like to go watch a movie in or whatever. You have your man space where you like to go hang out and there's like no pressure mm-hmm. to always be together. We are so secure in our relationship Mm-hmm. And so fulfilled in what we do have that there's a lot of space for being individuals. Yes. And that's really cool. Oh, look, there's a seal. Absolutely. Right in front of us. Um, <laughs> I think that, I don't know. I'm just super excited for the last half of life. Yep. Sometimes I feel like an asshole to my kids for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really relieved that we're like entering a time where they get to have their lives. I'm so excited for them. And that we'll get to like be a little bit selfish. Um, There's going to be some background noise because, oh, we can edit this out. Okay, last question. Okay, last question. What TV shows do we like to watch together? I'm going to answer what I like. Okay. I, we like to watch Yellowstone together. Absolutely. It's enough, like, manliness that you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And there's enough, like, hot men and... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. If you knew me, you would know that that is so not my motivation in life. Um, no, it's a good story. Like, it's a good... We like Yellowstone. Yep. What What else do we watch together? Well, we watched... What's the one uh, casino one with your curly-haired lady, got little gal? What? Yeah, the, down like Louisiana. The casino. Oh, Ozark. Yep. You don't know shit about fuck. Yeah, that lady. Uh, yeah, Ozark. Oh, yeah, that's a good one that we watched together. Good job, mm-hmm. babe. Yeah, I mean, we watched some of... We're waiting on new seasons probably on like four or five different shows. Yeah, so. here's the thing. Neither one of it... Those are the only two shows that I can think of that I watch without also playing on my phone at the same time. Neither one of us... We're not really big TV people anymore. No, no. And when we do watch stuff, we are playing on our phones at the same time yeah so what if i wasn't recording this whole time okay i am (laughs) um (laughs) sorry i have a little bit of adhd (laughs) um (laughs) what was i saying oh we always play on our phones while we watch shows so it's whatever like literally whatever's on we watched that one show um prodigal son that's a good one We like crime dramas. Yes. Yep, and I listen to a ton of... Oh, Jim's a podcast whore. Yeah, I'm a big murder mystery podcast with all the ladies that are listening, so... Yeah, 
You and you also like chick flicks. I'm really lucky in that. Yep. Um, yeah, but Jim actually is the one that got me started thinking about doing a podcast because he is so addicted to them. What's your favorite podcast? Well, I listen to the Murder Squad. I listen to my favorite murder is my, my favorite. My favorite murder. murder. I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to some some comedy stuff also. So, um, do you listen to this podcast called Everything's Not Fine? I do listen to that podcast. <laughs> You've listened to all of my podcast episodes, haven't you? I have. What's your favorite? I think... Sorry, Nicole. It's not the anagram or whatever you call it. Enneagram? That. Yeah. No, not that one. Honey, stop making noises. Um, it's... Probably probably the very first one, just because you made the choice to do it. And once I knew I could get you to go, and then... Oh, you're such a sap. So, Yeah. Um, what other question? Really? That's your, I'm going to, I'm going to need you to think, I'll edit out the silence. I'm going to need you to give it more thought. I got to at least look at of the topics of it because I listened to so much. Hold on. Ooh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. That was a good podcast. It's not my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got to You got to We got to say with the white Lotus too. Remember we just watched that. Oh yeah. So, most of the ones just with Ellie, babe. I mean... Okay. I don't have one. Is it still going? Yeah, still. You sure? Yeah. You positive? 52 minutes and 43, 44, 45 seconds. Okay. So, the White Lotus... No, wait. That is not... Now you're fucking Why, it all up. Are you just trying to get me back to... The Everything's Not Fine podcast, and which episode that is my favorite? Well, Mo- if you're going to ep- stick with the first one, the that's series fine. series of episodes of, with my that involved my daughter were my favorite. When you talked about raising kids and, ra- and dealing with that stuff is my favorite. Oh, okay. The one where I smacked her in the face? <laughs> <laughs> no. That happened. Absolutely. She's an adult. It's, yeah, it's okay. That's fine. Um, she needed it. She did. She will be the first to admit it. Um, oh, yeah. So back to shows that are, shows that we watch. We just finished White Lotus. Yep. Um, and that was weird and good. Yeah, weird and good. Funny. I, don't, I wonder if it was supposed to be as funny as we thought it was. God, it was. <laughs> I was laughing a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll keep you posted on what new shows we start because we just finished White Lotus. We got to find something new because now we have a TV in bed. Yeah, got to find some new. Okay, last question from our listeners: What is what are some of your funniest memories? Either of the two of us or our family, our children are hilarious. So that's going to be hard. Yes. But what are some of your, like, what are some funny family memories? Probably watching Jordan navigate the cabin two years ago up in Blue Lake that was oh my the God. size of a camper on the back of a truck. Yeah, our, our lumbering six 
two, six, three at the time, six, probably six, four at the time child who had just grown into this, uh, who had just grown into his giant body. And we were in this tiny, tiny little cabin where you could sit on the toilet and brush your teeth in the sink in front of you at the same time. Hmm. That was hilarious. He, it's just our kids and their one liners and the things that they say. Yeah. That are that are always so hilarious. But my f- my favorite it always ends in hilarity activity that we do as a family is uh, Mexican train dominoes. That's what it's called. I don't think I'm being racist. That's what it says on the instructions, and I don't know why. <laughs> so I don't know. But so the rule is when we play Mexican train dominoes, the house rule we have a lot of house rules. Um, but you play it with a southern accent when you play. And our daughter is so stinking funny. Yeah. And it is very inappropriate always. But she has made me laugh while playing that game so hard. Like, so hard that I peed my pants. And not like the usual mom dribble, pee your pants. But like literal pee running down my leg. Peed my pants. And you're not even 50 yet, so that's not an excuse. And I never pushed babies out of my vagina. I had C-sections, so I I don't know why, but I peed my pants for reals, and it, it was well-deserved. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, Nate, that this is not... Um, We're not a big, big hikers, or we don't go do, you know, big family camping trips, or we haven't at this point, up until this point. What are, do we even have any hilarious, we just laugh at our kids, really, that's all. Yeah. They're really funny. Yeah. We're kind of boring. Well, we're really boring when it comes to, like, hobbies and stuff like that. But that's our goal right now, we're developing new... New stuff. New stuff. So stay tuned for that. We're going to learn how to have fun. Yep. And be funny. Did you say you're going to learn how to ice skate? <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, that would be. Why would you say that? I don't know. I was just... You just pulled that out of your ass. I kind of did. I am going to learn how to sail. I'm going to be a sailboat sailor. But uh, not this year. Paddleboard? No, I don't want to paddleboard. It's too much work. Well, it's kind of like sailing. All right. Thanks for listening. This guy's getting a little saucy. Miss Bossy is stepping in and cutting me off. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to share with the kids at home? We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to my wife. She's amazing. And I hope you have a wonderful day or evening. Love yourselves. Take care of yourselves. We love you.